Um, let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. No word of a lie, I had this uh, message just dropped on me when I was in the bathroom. <laughs> it's really funny. It's like when you're, when you're in a place where you're not, you don't have to think, God usually comes in and just drops something. It's when you're tuning to flow, you kind of get rid of all the hustle and bustle in your mind and just like, you know what, let's just tap in or just, I'm just kind of letting God be God. That's usually when it happens We've written songs that way. We've done a lot of different things. So this is from God. <laughs> In Second Peter, I'm reading from the, uh, the Passion Translation. It says, this letter is from Simon Peter, a loving servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to those who have been given a faith as equally precious as ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In verse 2, it says, may grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. This is just amazing. Because this, these two, starting these two verses, you actually see, and you actually start to start stepping into who we are. So my, point, my, my sermon has three points today. Who, what, and where. Who, what, and where. And it says here that, you actually start to discover who you actually are. We're rescued from the lies that we believe about ourselves. When it says here that may grace and, sorry, yeah, may grace and perfect peace cascade over you in the rich knowledge of God. So we actually start to get to know God, who actually built us, so we actually start to get to know who we actually are in him. And when, when I was writing this, I was just seeing, like, we're actually, <clears throat> it's super, like, super easy, quotation marks here, to see other people through the eyes of God. But it, I find, personally, it's extremely hard to see myself how God sees me. Right? Like, when you're, oh, yeah, this guy is amazing. But me, you know what, I, we were just talking about this. I have, I was just like, oh, man, I didn't want to speak today. I just, like, I just feel like that's what it is. But if I'm actually seeing myself through God's eyes, I'm a good communicator. Like Chris always says to me, I'm a good communicator. And, and that's a lie that I'm believing that I'm not, but I'm actually trying to see myself through God's eyes. And that's where the deeper you go in God, the deeper you get to know who you actually are. And the deeper you actually get to start living that out and start living like, hey, you know what, I am a child of God. I am powerful. I am just important. I am just like, that's who I am. I am, God's deposited so much in me. God's deposited so much love and just affection and righteousness. Why can't we live that way? Why can't I live that way? Why can't I realize I could do it for everybody else, but why not for me? You know, it's like, this is amazing because like, we've been given a faith as equally precious as as ours through the righteousness of, of our God. So we've actually, all the stuff that's been done on the cross has been given to us, all of us, like the world, just completely. Everything's ours. Yeah, let's just, let's just think on that for a second. We, we haven't had to do anything for it to be given unto us. This is my, this is my I, I'm going to repeat this sentence a few times. I wrote it down because it was awesome. It says, faith isn't something we do to persuade God. Faith is what happens to us when we realize how persuaded God is about us. 
So faith to move mountains, yes, but we actually have to believe how God sees us. Like, how crazy is that? The reason why we can't move mountains, in a sense, is that because we don't believe that we can do it through God. We're like, we're, we're, our stumble, we're our own stumbling blocks in that sense. So who we are, we are chosen, we are destined for God. We are chosen, we are destined just to spread his love. You know, it's really funny, I was just like in, uh, like, day, like almost sleeping and stuff like that. I'm like, we need to catch the fire to spread the fire. Catch it and spread it, catch it and spread it, right? <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, I, I was like in bed last night just laughing at myself because I was, I thought that was really funny. Catch it and spread it, catch it and spread it. <clears throat> and that's like, honestly, that's what the whole, like the whole church movement, like Catch the Fire is, is to receive God's love freely and give it away. And that's what we have to do. We, we need to, this is what's awesome about brush fires. Once you have a small little like a small little like ash or tinder or something like that, it can just spread and just take out huge parts of the country. <clears throat> That's how we are. We're that, that ember burning. That when, when I start burning and then I'm, I'm getting to know Chris and stuff like that, and he's, he's realizing how burning I am, boom, he wants that. Boom, okay, then he goes Katrina. And then you know it's just like it compounds and compounds and compounds. It just catches on. Amen. So who we are, we are just like awesome, you know? The, um, one, one of the things that came to mind is like, have you watched the movie The Help? It's like um, one of the things, there's a little girl that says, I am kind, I am smart, I am, I am important. And she says it like super cutely. But I just had something like we should say to ourselves, RIP, I am righteous, I am important, and I am powerful. And I wrote R.I.P. lies, you know. We, 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 we got to say that over ourselves to kill the lies that the enemy is trying to tell us. And ultimately, this whole, like, this whole like, sermon and stuff like that has to do with the lies that we believe that are preventing us from actually entering into what God has called us to be. And actually going into and living life fully, that, what God has put into our hearts. <clears throat> the next part is What? What? Well, this talks about the oneness. It says, may grace and perfect peace cascade over you as you live in the rich knowledge of God, of Jesus and Lord. And when it talks about, like, as we live in, um, it actually, the, the, the Greek word from this is actually, like, um, there's a connotation of dovetailing, like in carpentry. And one of the things is that when you dovetail something, it just fits really, really well. It just fits extremely well. I was actually, I was, I, I love watching like um, videos about like Japanese woodworking and stuff like that. And they actually have um, uh, Buddhist temples that they actually have no nails in them. They're all just perfectly placed thing to make one thing. And you don't see the seams, you don't see anything. It just fits in so well. And you actually have to do tons of training to actually be able to do that. But God wants us just to start living that, that we are one with him. There is, no, there is no seams in it. We're a seamless transition of us and him. And he's like, when Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, righteousness was deposited into our hearts. 
grace was deposited, love was deposited into our hearts. We didn't have to do anything for that. That's just, like the whole world is like this. The whole world has the opportunity for this. And we start living in that, like, yeah, and, and if we start to realize what we actually have inside of us, it is just so crazy. And that's the one thing where um, religion really, when it starts putting rules and stuff like that, it really just kind of like stops the flow. When it, as soon as you put rules on stuff like this, I find it just like we have to start living in love, living in just righteousness, living in power, and just living in the light. Amen? God's desire is that we may now increasingly be overwhelmed with grace of his divine influence within us and become fully acquainted with the awareness of our oneness. So our, our whole thing is that we actually have to realize how entangled we are with God. Really just having that thing like you are one with God. You guys all are one with God. You know, and just having that and just starting walking that out. Oh man, it's amazing. It is amazing. Okay, where, where are we? And then this is where, like, even our oneness and stuff like that has, like, you actually get to know each other. You get to know yourself more. When you start living in God, you get to know and start realizing the, the impact that you do have. And he knows us. In, in Romans 1 chapter, sorry, Romans 1 verse 17 says, He knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. So he knows us. And to know God is to know who we are. And the knowledge of God is to actually know who we are in him. And it's starting to know the, the, um, what he has deposited in us. Yeah. My third point is Where? Where are we going? Where are we headed? And uh, sorry, in verse three and four, let's turn to First Peter. Sorry, Second Peter, first three and four. It says everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by His divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him, who has called us by name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. In verse 4, it says, as a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price, so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with divine nature by which you have escaped the corrupt desires of this world. That's heavy stuff. You know, it's really like when I, when I heard Second Peter, I'm like, Second Peter 1, I knew that's the start of the letter. This is the start of his letter. You know, like, I'm, like I was just blown away. And it talks here just about where his intimate knowledge of us introduces us to ourselves again and elevates us to a position of where his original, sorry, where his original intention is for us. Sorry, my French is coming out there. I'm just going to take a sip of water. Let me say that again. His intimate knowledge of us introduces us to ourselves again and elevates us to a position where his original intention is for us. And this is a change of perspective. Where we, when we start living in oneness, it's a change of perspective. God elevates us to a place where, you know, like this is a different way to see. This is a different way to feel. And this is like the best... The best thing was we went to Thermae about a, couple, a week ago or something like that. We got, I got this deep tissue massage. 
crazy hurt. But this lady was like going, like she felt like my back was off. And so she's like going in with an elbow and just like in between the ribs for an hour. It was like, I felt, I, I got out of there just like, oh man, this is crazy. But my back, like I, I usually have a little bit of a hunchback kind of like this here, but my back was completely straight. And it actually, like I was walking around and Lindsay's like, man, you look so weird. You, you look so weird. And you know what? Like I honestly, like I've been doing, like I got like a, a back foam roll just to kind of, like to keep up with it and stuff like that, but like, I felt taller. I just felt like a different person. I just even how I was I couldn't like I like that that evening I was trying to slouch and it hurt because it felt like I wasn't like I, w I wasn't supposed to be slouching to begin with. So when we come into alignment, it changes our perspective. You change how you feel. I'm like whoa. Like, I, like, Trev's, like, an inch taller than me or so, but when, after I got that done, I was, like, I think I was, like, half an inch taller than him. It just felt, I'm, like, ooh, I feel tall, you know? <laughs> this is how everybody sees, but you see a different perspective, you know? So that's, for me, it was just, like, a whole, like, and if I'm walking like this the whole time, and if you guys met me for the first time and I'm walking like this, you're, like, oh, this guy must have a pain in his back or something, but it becomes normal, Right? Like, you know me for five years, and I'm like this the whole time. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. You know? And then all of a sudden, I come in one day, and I'm like this. You're like, whoa, that's weird. You know what? No. This is how it was born to be. This is where our origin was, to actually start living in the kingdom, living in the, like, in the word, just living and just spreading the love, spreading the righteousness that God's given us. Amen? Cool. In, this, in this, uh, these two verses here, it really talks about ecclesia, which is church. And I, like, I, took, <clears throat> I went, did a bachelor's degree in theology, and I had to take Greek. It was the worst course that I took, but I, I didn't like it or anything like that. But this was, for me, like, now I'm getting back into it. I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. You know, it actually tells you about the words and stuff. But ecclesia actually is split up from two words. <clears throat> One is kaleo, which means to call to or to invite. And ek, so ek, it means origin. So as a church, we are called to come back to our origin from where the motion starts. So where we are, as like God's deposited this righteousness, he's calling us to come back to the promises that he's spoken over us, to come back to just all the stuff that he's, put in our hearts and not to believe the lies of the enemy but to actually believe just the goodness of God and to believe who we are in him. He truly sees us. He's not lying when he says you are righteous. Right? He doesn't lie when he says that. He truly sees us because he built us. So I'm, I want to do something. Uh, can you just kind of like, uh, would you guys do me a favor and just everybody close their eyes? I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, that'd be funny. I'd just leave. <laughs> and I just really, I, I really want you guys to repeat after me. I'm going to be reading a prayer. And this is something that like, I just felt on my heart this morning to do. Father. 
I confess my sin for believing the lie that I am not righteous, that I am not important, that I am not powerful. And I forgive those who have contributed into forming this ungodly belief. And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for receiving this ungodly belief. For, for living my life based on it. And for any way I have judged others because of it. I receive your forgiveness. And on the basis of your forgiveness, Lord... I choose to forgive myself for believing this lie. I renounce and break my agreement with this ungodly belief. I cancel my agreement with the kingdom of darkness. And I break all agreements I have made with demons. And I choose to accept. I choose to believe. And I choose to receive that I am righteous, that I am important, and that I am powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. Whew. So what we did right now was part of the restoring the foundations. I, was, I, got, I got my mom to bring me one of her pamphlets today, and I just really felt that on my heart. Just to, just to renounce stuff and, and asking forgiveness for believing the lies that the enemy has put on us that isn't of God. So the lies that you believe that you're not good enough isn't from God. FYI. Just thought I'd let you guys know. It's not from God. Sometimes we believe it is from God, but it isn't. You know, like, um, like we were built in his image. And his likeness is redeemed in us. When Christ died on the cross, there's something that happened to just people. His blood cleansed the whole line. His blood cleansed the whole line. And that's where God wants us to come back to. He wants us to come back to the origin of him. Where the, the original thought and his original intention. Forget all this crap lies that we've been believing. He wants us just to start stepping into actually to see who we are in him. And then you know what? This is where we hit the default button. It's like a reboot. A reboot is equal to a reborn, you know? Being reborn in him is a reboot where you're starting, oh, let's start with all the default settings again. Like a computer when you, sometimes it's messing up all the time. You know what? Just turn it off and then turn it on again. Everything's fine. All, all the, the jumble of the world is just erased and you start from scratch again and this is what God wants he wants us to fully participate this is what like in um sorry in uh, uh anyways he wants us to fully participate in this life and that's our design and he's fully and just to fully open up and just fully in impact the world around us. I want to say this line again. It says, 
Faith isn't something we do to persuade God. Faith is what happens to us when we realize how persuaded God is about us and what he sees in us, what he gave us, and what he has deposited in us. Yeah. I mean, that was just, for me, like, I'm, I, I wrote this and I'm, and I was just like, I was just so talking to myself about this as well. Anyways, I'm just going to invite Lindsay up. She had something to share. We were kind of tag teaming-ish a bit. Thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> I just felt when Eric shared what he, was, what he had prepared for today, that saying that you become what you behold and that who you surround yourself with, you'll actually start to kind of take on their character. So if I would spend time with Mel all the time, we would kind of pick up on her mannerisms and her sayings and stuff. And you kind of become like a twin almost to someone you're spending so much time with. And I just felt like the Father was saying that to us, like that verse, lift your eyes up to heaven, that he's calling us to shift our perspective and really focus our attention on him and we'll become like him and he'll transform us and he'll shape us into who he is and his character and his mannerisms and I just I also felt that verse to set your minds on things above and not on earthly things and I just I I love the mirror translation I just felt to look that up and it's really great it says you are in fact oh hold on you are in fact raised together with Christ Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion with him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Change our perspective. Look at him. How, How does he see you? How does he feel about you? What is he saying about the purpose and the plans and the promises he's made in you, he's birthed in your life? And it says, engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by earthly things. So it's time to shift our perspective to what he sees and how he feels and what he's saying and and what he's doing. I um, I really felt... That, um, that verse when David was, um, his wives were kidnapped and the armies were against him and even his men were tired. And, and in the verse it says that his men were talking about stoning him. So it said, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. So when everything seemed so against him, nothing was in alignment, David chose, I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord because that's where my help comes from. That's where my identity comes from. That's where what you say in my life in this situation has authority. And then right away, all of these things started to come into place. And it said, like after battle, David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder, anything else that had been taken from them. David brought everything back. So everything came into alignment, and David had a position of authority because he strengthened himself in the Lord, and he aligned himself with the Father's thoughts speaking over him. So I just really wanted to, to take this time, and just like what Eric was doing, just hear from the Lord 
What is he saying over your life? What is he saying over your identity? And the things that he's been calling you into, the things he's been tugging on your heart, the things that he wants to show you, even heavenly realities about your life and the things that he wants you to function and flow in. So I really want to just take this time now that we hear directly from the Father. And it's really good to have prophetic words and people speaking into your life, but it says... um, in Isaiah, that we will be taught by the Lord, that many will come to the Mount Zion and go up the mountain together. The Lord is wanting to teach you, and he wants that relationship where you come in with with love and by love, and he just teaches you and shows you his ways, and you become like him. Yeah, so Father, we just, we take time right now, and just wherever you are, if you want to sit in your seats and just hear from the Lord, if you want to come up to the front, we're just going to get the worship to come and We'll play some music, and if you want to come and lay here at the front or sit down or stay where you are, and we'll have some ministry team people coming around and just, like, pouring into you as well. But let's just take some time and just hear from the Lord. Father, we want your purpose for our life. We want your truths. Father, just even reveal right now any ungodly beliefs that we're still believing about our character and our identity and the promise that you have over our lives. Father, we want your truth, and we come into alignment with it right now. Yeah, Father. Just come, Lord. Teach us. We're just here. We sit at your feet. Come and shape us and form us. And like Eric said, to call us back to our original origin. Father, show us our original design. Show us what you created in us. And give us your thoughts for us, Lord. feeling to read something over you guys today our deepest fear is not what we that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure is our light not our darkness that most frightens us we ask ourselves who am I to be brilliant gorgeous talented and fabulous actually who are you not to be you are a child of God your playing small does not serve the world There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our our presence automatically liberates others. Yes, our Father, right now we just give you space. We just say, come. We open our hearts to you right now. We open our gates to you, Father. 
that you would just flood our senses, that you would flood our entire being, Lord. Come, Lord, just show us your thoughts of us. Reveal your heart and your plans for us, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done, that you've made us holy and you've called us beautiful and you say that we are good. God, you are our shepherd and we come to still waters. We lay down. We lay down before your feet, Father, and you restore our soul. You call our thoughts back to the original intent of your thoughts, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You comfort us. Your rod and staff, they comfort us, Lord. And that you prepare tables of abundance before us. That your goodness, your mercy cover us. They overshadow us every day of our lives, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, just reveal your truth to everyone in this room right now. That we are powerful beyond measure that we are so completely loved by our dad. Thank you, Lord. Father, just release joy in the hearts of everyone here, God. That it's the culture of heaven that Jesus even endured everything on the cross because of the joy waiting on the other side. And thank you, Father, we just receive the joy.